Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I am AJ Hoffman and joined as I am always by my good friend Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to the start of uh, 2024 so we can get some real college basketball schedules. But uh, ultimately, you can make bets on these games. So that's what we're doing. You can. It is a very, very, very light schedule this weekend. But there's a little here and there. There's actually no games on Sunday at all. Um, but we're going to break down a handful, not even our usual four. We're going to give you three of, and I'm doing air quotes, the big games this weekend. Uh, I don't know that any of these are what I would consider a maybe one, but it ain't great. Uh, but we're going to do our best and we're going to give you some best bets at the end because that's what we do. And there will be no show. There's a little programming note on Sunday night into Monday uh, as Griffin and I will both be celebrating Christmas with our families and, you great. know, doing that sort of stuff. Uh, so that should be fun. We'll be back normal time uh, a week from today and probably uh, complaining that there's no good games until after the new year. And it, we're going to find something to complain about, but that's all right. Um, I don't even I, I'm on a three game losing streak on my best bets, Griffin. I don't even have written down here how you did on your last best bet. Well, St. John's uh, wiped the floor with Xavier. So uh, there was so some redemption one one. coming over here. Though you had to get in very early for uh, uh, a, I don't know what happened or why the line climbed as much as it did. I think it closed maybe in the six and a half region, uh, gigantic, maybe even higher. But uh, there was a number out there up to minus four. There was a three and a half, I want to say, at, at one point, maybe even a three. So I feel comfortable saying that we went one on one. And, uh, you know, from literally losing every best bet I put on this podcast for a while, despite being over 70% on pregame, that's changed a little bit. I'm finally coming around, turning the corner, and looking forward to doing that again on this episode. Yeah, I had the uh, Chattanooga minus four, and I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty terrible, to be honest. And then they mount a nice little comeback, and it looks like we're headed to overtime. There's one second left in the game. They can't go the full length of the court. Nope, they went half the court, chucked it up, and hit a three to win by three instead go. of going to overtime. So that was a tough one for me. Uh, three points does not cover four. I can tell you that. No, uh, at least no. my book my book didn't think so. Uh, all right, let's jump into this week's games and let's start with what's the name of this rivalry? I know it's like a uh, they call it something every year. I can't remember what Illinois and Mizzou. They're playing this in St. Louis. We're going to look at Illinois minus six and a half. Uh, this is a like I said, a neutral site game. Uh, I guess this is where like the uh, the hockey team plays in St. Louis. Um, and this game has played like a rivalry of late. This is now the sixth consecutive year. The Illinois has been favored. So we were, we've had five straight games where Illinois was the favorite. Mizzou has won four of those outright. And the one loss came in Quanzo Martins last season where the Tigers lost 21 games and they were just a, a dead team anyway. Uh, last year, Dennis Gates' first season, they absolutely spanked Illinois. 22-point win. The problem with blind betting Mizzou as a dog here is that this is right up there with 2021 as the biggest gap in talent between these two teams over the last five years or so. Uh, Illinois is huge. 
They're likely going to get whatever they want down low. They are going to dominate on the glass. And to me, this boils down to how many shots can Mizzou make from outside. They, they hit 50% from three in last year's matchup. Uh, if they can do that again, maybe it's a game. I, I respect the rivalry enough not to fade Mizzou here, but the matchup points to Illinois having a ton more possessions and a much easier path to offense. So I lean Illinois, but uh, I'm going to respect this recent run and say that uh, this it is going to be a pass for me. The bragging rights game. That's what it brag is. in with an apostrophe, uh, I believe. Yes, in St. Louis. I think they do what I'm used to at the Cotton Bowl where they split the yep. stadium in half. Um, honestly, one of the college basketball games I really want to go to uh, before we're uh, put in the grave or cremated or whatever we do later in our days. But, um, yeah, very interested in this one. Also would love to get in a, some sort of clue on Missouri and uh, why they – look really good for very small periods of games, usually early and then completely fall off the face of the earth. Um, I had them against uh, Seton Hall in St. Louis, or excuse me, in Kansas City at the Sprint Center. Uh, There are some really nice parts to the game and then a lot of really ugly ones, I think mainly caused by turnovers. And uh, also had them earlier in this year at home for a Memphis game where they uh, were up 16 at one point in the first half and I think lost by 20. So, um, it seems to me that there's just a lot of, uh, I don't know if there's cracks or fissures in the team necessarily, but I think it's a way Gates plays and uh, it's a really up-tempo game with a lot of freedom for point guards and guards in general to just run at all times. And I don't think that really works very well against uh, quality opponents. Now, I wouldn't have thought Seton Hall was a quality opponent. I thought that Missouri's home home court would have been significant against Memphis. So I've been wrong a couple times in them so far this year, trying to minimize those. But Illinois, as you mentioned, is really talented. Uh, they've got a huge size advantage as well. Yes, Connor Vanover, I think, is finally playing and in the rotation for Missouri at seven foot five. But um, I, I think there are some limitations when you're that tall to try to move or do anything remotely athletic. He's certainly a talented player, but I feel like he is a, uh, a something that Illinois and Coleman Hawkins can certainly feast on. Now, uh, in terms of top-end talent, Illinois has this. Um, I think, as you mentioned, the rivalry is really close. It's also one of those games where it seems like not this doesn't happen all the time, but it's one of those rivalries where anyone can win. Um, and literally, I think that could happen. I'm surprised that the Missouri number is this high up to six and a half, but um, I don't know what it would take for me to want to back Missouri and, and put some of my clients or my money on the line here because ultimately they're, they've got big problems turning the ball over, and that's not something you can fix. Yeah, that's kind of my concern with them as well. Um, I, I I don't like their lack of size, and I don't like their ball handlers. It's It's really hard to back a team when – you worry about turnovers on one side and getting smashed on the boards because the, like that's the way to gain extra possessions is rebounds, turnovers. That's when you get the, that's when you get more more shots at the basket. And you, if if you're gonna if you're gonna turn the ball over and you can't rebound, like that's how you get blown out. So that that does worry me uh, certainly about Mizzou. Let's look at Maryland at UCLA, which at the beginning of the season, this looked like a pretty good little uh, little matchup here in the non-conference. And these have been two of the most disappointing teams in the country so far. I guess it's like the last year of them being a non-conference game. Um, yeah, sure. Both these teams start, started in the 20s in Ken Palm and are both now in the 70s. And UCLA more, more so just seems broken right now. Uh, their best win this season 
was a one-point win at home against UC Riverside as 19-point favorites. The Bruins are now 3-7 and seven ATS, and they are 1-5 and five ATS as a favorite after losing at home to Cal State Northridge this weekend outright. Uh, Maryland got most of their ugly games out of the way early. They started out 1-3. and three. The big issue to me for Maryland is they are 7-0 and at home and 0-4 and away from home. And if you go back to last season, the Terps had two road wins all last season. They were against Louisville and Minnesota, who were maybe the two worst high major programs in the country last year. So I don't trust UCLA right now. I don't trust Maryland on the road. This is going to be a slow, low-possession game. I, I want to back... I, I want to back the dogs here, but I just don't I don't trust them. I can't find a reason to back them on the road here. So uh, I, I'm a pass at, at anything around this four number. What about you? Yeah, um, I I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm true. I, I don't know what to call myself, but I'm a believer in Mick Cronin. I think he will turn this around. Uh, as you mentioned, Maryland's got big time road issues. Uh, we're a very small underdog on the road at Indiana earlier this year. It was never a game. Uh, that big home win and that home record looks really, really nice until their best win is Penn State at home in overtime where they traveled, where they trailed for more of the game than led. Um, I, I think this is a really good spot for UCLA to turn it around, but then you look at the loss of Cal State Northridge, and that's a big, big problem. I know CSUN, I think is their, their abbreviated, uh, I'm sure has brought back a ton of talent or something of that nature, uh, but they've not been on my radar for a lot of the season, and it looks like they pretty much trailed the whole game. So that's not a good sign coming off losses at, on a neutral to Ohio State in Atlanta, uh, and then, of course, a loss at Villanova. So Mick Cronin, I, I mean, sort of questioning the schedule. Yes, they went to Maui, had a tough loss to Marquette in a really close game, and then got Chaminades. There's really no credit for that, and then losing to Gonzaga in like the fifth place game or whatever it was. So um, hard to kind of make some some good wins out of that schedule, but um, I'm a believer that this team will be competitive later in the season. It just depends right about now. And I think Maryland's road record is enough for me to want to be against them as much as I can. Um, so I'm hoping this number will come down to maybe hit three potentially, um, just because you look at the schedules and, uh, that Cal state Northridge loss is a pretty big eyesore. Yeah. Um, but I just ultimately Maryland to me, I, I mean, Kevin Willard is, was a really good coach. Seton hall it took him a while to get things going. And then they were really going. He was rolling for a while, took this Maryland job and it seemed like there's been bits and, and pieces of really good performances. Um, but I just can't trust them on the other coast. And considering how much they've struggled on the road for years now, not just this year. So uh, I'll go with, I mean, a poly pavilion that's certainly a lot better than it used to be. The teams have certainly helped, and maybe that will potentially hurt this year as they're not fourth in Ken Palm or something like that uh, as they were la end of last season. But um, it's a UCLA for nothing for me. I think I want to make sure they're, they're only laying a, a possession. I think above a possession is a pass for me as well. All right, let's go to Saturday, and probably the most fun game this weekend is right here in Las Vegas, and it's Florida Atlantic against Arizona. Arizona, we're projecting about a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, playing in T-Mobile, and maybe I'm wrong, Griffin, but I look at Florida Atlantic, they're kind of like the poor man's Arizona. Uh, they both have high-end offenses. Arizona is the better defensive team and the much, much better rebounding team the problem that Florida Atlantic tends to give opponents, I think, is they surround Golden with four kind of positionless pieces, 
and it makes it tough for teams to match up. But Arizona defensively is pretty switchable one through four, so I, I don't know how much of a problem they're going to have with that. I want to back this Arizona team here. I think they're on a different level than Florida Atlantic. Um, you know, I think if Florida Atlantic didn't, if they won two less games last season, like would this still be six and a half, even if they had a great year, but they, they made it to the, you know, the sweet 16 instead of the, uh, the, the like the championship, like would, would we still be talking about them here as six and a half dog uh, to Arizona on a neutral? I, I don't know that we would, uh, Arizona going to have a huge crowd edge. Uh, there's a much easier path to offense for them as they don't really rely on hitting threes as much as Florida Atlantic does. So I, I think I like Arizona here. I, I, I don't want it to get outside of seven because then you get out of that foul range. But I think anything under seven, I'm, I may like the Wildcats. What about you? Yeah, interesting to see Torvik has this right around three even. So maybe we get a little bit cheaper. That'd be nice. Um, I... I, I'm I'm pretty I'm a big fan of this FAU team. I love the way that they can really beat anybody. But I think Arizona is one of those teams that it'll be uh, it will take a Herculean effort. We saw Alabama launch 43s in their game on Wednesday, so um, I imagine the same sort of game plan. Like Golden, if he can score inside, that would be a a, a a boon for Florida Atlantic. The problem is you mentioned the crowd will be fighting a uh, ton of Arizona. I, I think will be traveling. I'm not sure FAU. Uh, unless there's a final four coming that we'll see that type of uh, mass exodus from Florida to another place around this country. I think it would be in Phoenix this year anyway. Um, but just from, uh, we, we saw it in MSG at, on, in the Jimmy V classic where Illinois used their size and really caused big, big problems for FAU and they just couldn't really defend them. Uh, I imagine the same sort of setup here. And so really, if you're back in Florida Atlantic, you're expecting them to shoot really well from three. It's possible they've got a, a one round or excuse me, a four round one offense, which certainly could provide some open shots. But we saw as soon as Golden got in foul trouble, uh, Illinois, who's I think a, a pretty significant downgrade to the Arizona front court, was really dominant on the interior. And I think we see that same sort of thing. And I bet Arizona probably saw some scouting report tape or something like that and thinks, okay, let's get Golden in foul trouble because the guys behind him are essentially power forwards. So uh, I think this is a really, like, I'm trying to make bets on teams I really like, like FAU, but I do feel like they have a huge weakness in the center position. And that's one of the most important ones on the floor, especially if you can't rebound. So that would be enough to keep me away. And I'm just looking for this Arizona number to come cheaper towards the Torvik projection or projection projection easy for me to say but i just don't think that's happening all right yeah that'll be my hope as well and if i get anything if i get like a five i'm Mm. certainly pouncing on this all right uh before we get to best bets tell the people how they can save some cash at pregame.com yeah save some cash use the promo code holiday holiday 20 holiday h-o-l-i-d-a-y 20 good for 20 percent off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast good for seven days from the podcast release but don't wait because you can get a little deal here you get a 2024 all access 20 percent off and uh you get the rest of 2023 as a bonus so use that promo code holiday 20 it makes us look good with our bosses and uh, ultimately, you can ride us through the rest of 2023, and then we'll be your mules in 2024. Same, just as well. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm listen. I'm I'm having a great season. Griffin's having a great season. There's plenty. Fezic, anybody at pregame.com, you can uh, you can find the guy you like and get yourself hooked up. All right, I'm going to jump out with my best bet. It is a total on tomorrow's slate on Friday's slate. And it is in the Big East. And I'm going to go over 150 in the Georgetown Marquette game. 
And Marquette's kind of come down to earth in recent games. I don't, I don't want to lay the, the wood here with them, even though I tend to, I, I, and we've seen it play out in the Big East so far specifically. We saw UConn get blown out on the road uh, at a lesser team. It's just, it's difficult to win road games in this conference. Uh, although Villanova somehow did it against Creighton yesterday. But um, what Marquette still does incredibly well is turn their opponent over, and limit their own turnovers. And Georgetown is the exact opposite. So that plays right into what Marquette does well. Uh, There's going to be a ton of transition opportunities for them. But Georgetown has been a really good outside shooting team this season, and I I think that continues here because Marquette's defensive philosophies generally allow these open looks. Uh, Marquette, another thing I like about them here is in this situation is that they're going to push tempo even late in the game with a lead. And the more points, the merrier, obviously. But uh, I think particularly in their first conference home game and coming off an embarrassing loss, I think that that Marquette wants to uh, to make a statement here. I think Georgetown can score on their own. Uh, 150 seems like a good number. So I'm going to go over 150 Georgetown Marquette. Yeah, uh, definitely some motivation after a, a tough trip to Providence where I wish I would have just kept my mind on that because it seems like Shaka at my good old Providence Friars just doesn't really doesn't really get it there, unfortunately. For my best bet, I'm going to try to keep the momentum rolling. You know, every once in a while, I'll be sitting at home and saying, what are we going to cook for dinner? What are we going to cook for? It, my wife says, I don't know. And then guess what happens? Omaha Steaks comes by and drops meat off on my front porch and makes all the decisions that much easier, Scott. Meat to your front porch? Can't beat it, baby. Doesn't get better than that. I had the meatballs last night, and they were delicious, man. It was easy to cook, reheat in the oven, and bang, dinner is served. It's steaks, it's chicken, it's pork chops, it's it's meatballs, like you said. They've got sides. So much great stuff. Guys, they've got a great sale going on right now. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. It's a sale so nice, they only do it twice. Score mouth-watering savings on all your Omaha Steaks favorites with 50% off site-wide during that semi-annual sale going on right now. From tender, juicy steaks to big, beefy burgers, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts, and so much more, now's the perfect time to grab all your favorites. Plus, get an extra $30 off when you use our promo code VEGAS at checkout, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Simply go to omahasteaks.com and shop the semi-annual sale today. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code VEGAS at checkout. Minimum purchase may apply. Listen, we get it. You're busy. You got work to do, kids to take care of, got to get to the gym at some point. And make sure you're drinking enough water and figuring out what's for dinner is a whole nother project. Yeah, point is, you're busy. You don't have time for 10 minutes of commercials or scripted dating segments on your morning commute. That's why we created The Morning Show Podcast. I'm Carla Marie. My name is Anthony, and The Morning Show Podcast is a daily podcast aimed at keeping you informed and entertained in under 25 minutes. We kick off every show with the core four. It's the four biggest news stories that you should probably be aware of. And then we continue on with music games, pop culture news. And of course, what's trending, the thing you didn't know you needed until Carla Marie told you about it. Yeah, it's my favorite. You can get the Morning Show podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows. I'm going to go with the Missouri State Bears on the road at St. Mary's. Uh, Might be a grinder of a game. I think the lower scoring, the better for Missouri State for me. Uh, I'm expecting a range somewhere in the plus 9, plus 10 area, um, which pretty much covers fouls late. 
uh, some some teams will foul to the to the death basically but for the most part i think with the net you get a close loss or something like that category filled if you get if you lose by nine or less and i think that's what missouri state is aiming for but i actually think they're a lot more talented than that they've got some some better pieces on the interior were really good in a non-conference tournament earlier this season as well were dogs an entire time i think until the final against abilene christian and took care of business the whole way uh, they've had a little bit of a slower start to um, missouri valley play but it's a tough conference conference and starting on the road at Drake will do that to you. Uh, but I think they play a really tight game as they have all season. Uh, besides the Drake game, all their losses have been within eight points. So uh, St. Mary's certainly um, looking like one of those teams that's maybe getting a little bit better rounding into form. But I think they shot one for 19 from three in their last uh, last win, which um, is really, really hard to do uh, to try to win that way. Uh, I guess it was two two games ago against UNLV at a neutral. So I'm still not really a believer in the St. Mary's offense. I think they struggled to kind of run away from St. from Missouri State. And I think this was a, a game that was played last year at St. Mary's. It was really close for a half, and I think we see that happen this time for the full 40 minutes. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I mean, just given the style of play, you're giving me almost, you know, maybe double digits we could see with St. Mary's brand name. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, I, I think you're in a good spot here. I think that's a, a close game that comes down to the last possession or two. So, um, yeah, I, I like I like that choice here on, on a, a slate that it's hard to find a good look as you see me going to a total uh, for best bets yep. this week. Uh, Griffin, always a pleasure, my man. Great job breaking down these games for the people and uh, have a great Christmas. We'll be back, like I said, a week from today with a, a whole another episode. Hopefully, like I said, some more games, some more good games to look at but uh appreciate what you've done they're so coming. far they're coming this year. They're, they'll be here soon and uh and thanks for uh, keeping me afloat the last couple weeks while while my best bets have struggled so i uh, it's pre- appreciate you returning the favor i needed it i owed you probably 10 so at least we're, we're getting towards that direction all right uh enjoy guys enjoy the holiday and good luck with your bets this weekend